following up the, the passage that Jim read from Luke chapter 12, and then looking towards verses from Hebrews that we'll read this morning, a question arises. How much time and attention, maybe during the week, do you give to your relationship with God? Some of you give a lot. Others of us, maybe not as much. We all have passing moments where we flash a picture of a sunset and declare the glory of the Lord, but is that really time given to nurturing our relationship with God? We don't grow relationships with our children by looking at their pictures, do we? We can't just look at the glory of God and expect to nurture a relationship with God as well. I think Jesus is is, 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 is hinting or directly, I guess, speaking to that at the end of Luke 12, when he says, you know how to tell the weather, but you don't know what time it is. You can't see me and what it is that I'm calling you to do. In our lives, we devote time to so many things. Sports news, politics, weather, hobbies, travel. But can we see what it is that God is doing around us? The way to see what God is doing around us is to devote ourselves to act in faith, through faith, by faith. The only step forward is one that is made intentionally by faith. And the only way to have such faith is to nurture that faith as well. It is a cycle that we get ourselves into. That's the direction we're headed as we consider Luke 12 in the background, and a reading from Hebrews 11 and 12 this morning in front of us. Hear now this reading from God's Word. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land. But when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had received the spies in peace. And what more could I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel, and all the prophets. Therefore, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. On Sunday morning, May thirteenth, two 2012, Our family was in New Haven, Connecticut to celebrate Natalie, her graduation with a Master's of Science degree from Quinnipiac University in interactive media. She's kind of a big deal, don't you know? On that day, my in-laws were with us, Cam and I were there with her, and so there were five of us adjusting to days of travel, Eastern time. And as you can imagine, for a graduation ceremony, we were running just a little bit late. 
Her father, Rick, dropped us off as close as he could to the venue where we were supposed to be, and then he parked what seemed like two counties away and traversed over the river and through the woods to get to graduation. On his way to graduation from the car, he had trouble breathing. So he slowed down. He didn't think much of it. And he did what every proud father and uh, good solid male would do. He did two things. The first one is he ignored it. And then secondly, in passing, he talked to his doctor. He ignored it. The same way that many of us ignore that pain that goes away, the shoulder thing that should have been an indication of something. There was a a, a time was, was there. Something needed to be done, and he ignored it. Until he mentioned in passing to his doctor, oh yeah, I had had a hard time breathing that one time when I was walking. And five weeks and a battery of tests later, Rick was the proud owner and, and in full recovery from a stint and a heart cath. And his quality of life is much better now. His recovery is great. His surgery was minor. And it prevented, of course, what we all know could have been a, a, a catastrophic heart attack. Though he ignored it at first, he saw the signs. He knew it was time. He stepped out, mentioned something in faith to his doctor. And he was cared for, for having stepped out in faith. And in terms of modern medicine, at least for now, he is healed. Just like many of you have been or know someone who has been. I use that story because it is virtually universal. Everyone knows someone who has had that happen to them. Every day, you and I know people whose details and issues and things need to be attended to, and, and sometimes we tend to them, and sometimes we ignore them. Sometimes we act, and sometimes we don't. And it, it extends beyond the realm of health, of course. Um, you have to get your cars inspected and your tags updated. And as I learned this week, they will charge you a fee if you don't get it done on time. You have to go to the grocery store. We're picking up school supplies. There's things to do. And whether it's related to our physical health, our diet, our finances, our calendar, every one of us knows things that need to be handled. And we all have things we would rather put off. The joke in my family growing up with my dad and his brothers was always, when I get around to it, someone was going to get somebody around to it for Christmas one time so that they could get everything done. But Jesus is calling us and and Hebrews is calling us to get around to it when it comes to nurturing and caring for our faith today. In Luke 12, the, the kindly carpenter who welcomed the children around him has changed gears, shall we say. He's talking to adults. He's talking to the mature folks. And he's talking about his mission, which is, I'm coming to save the world here. It's easy for preachers and teachers to skip over, to gloss past a difficult passage where Jesus is talking about dividing people who will follow or who won't follow. But the thing is, we, as faithful people, need to grasp 
that mission that he's on. When we grasp that mission, that vision, that plan, that dream, like him, nothing will stand in our way. But too often we just water down Jesus' stories. Too often we sanitize his message and explain away the difficulties and remind everybody that Jesus loves us and we leave it at that. But the fact of the matter is, in Luke 12, Jesus is resolute. The urgency of his mission is palatable and it is powerful. Nothing's going to stand in his way and nothing should stand in our way either. As we consider our lives and and, and the world around us today, those last few verses that Jim read seem apropos. He says, you know how to tell the weather. You can see a cold front coming or a heat wave when it's on its way. You know a stormy day and you know a sunny day, but you don't know how God is at work in the present time. And I'm afraid that beyond the weather... We know what's happening with Donald and Hillary. We know all about the trash-talking of American swimmers, and we may cheer it. We're thinking about the coming football season, and we definitely have things we want to get done for pleasure before school starts. But have we really paid enough attention to God's presence and His power and the work He wants to do in each of our lives, in the world around us? I'm sure there's some who have even criticized the political candidate for his inappropriate use of two Corinthians, yet have failed to actually read much of 2 Corinthians in the aftermath. We are guilty at times, aren't we? So it's time for us to act. It's time for us to do something about our faith. It's time for us to take seriously our relationship with God and tend to it, because Jesus is ready And he's waiting. God will meet us. In that, I have great faith. I read from Hebrews. Familiar passages, familiar words that we hear. Marked by that refrain, by faith. By faith they crossed the Red Sea. By faith Jericho's walls fell. By faith Rahab was obedient and saved. By faith Gideon and Samson and Barak and Jephthah and David and Samuel and others and others and others. By faith, they saw the time. They saw what God was doing. They discerned what was next. They stepped forward. They relied on God's power and God's presence to catch them as they stepped out. They did the good work that God had prepared for them. And it all happened by faith. By faith, they stepped forward and acted in the clear implication and encouragement from the author of Hebrews for us today is it's not just them who did those things, but it is us too who must also do such things. We too must step forward in faith. We too should step forward and step out so that the power and presence of God can become even more alive in each of us and might even become more alive and real to those who are around us who so desperately need to know God's power and presence. And all of this happens by faith. It's not automatic. It's not easy. But by faith, when we step out, God's presence becomes known and God's power is made real. 
It happens by faith. And so it's time today to act in faith. It's time to embrace those last few verses from Hebrews 12, where he says, Let us lay aside every weight of sin that clings so closely. Let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who, for the sake of joy that was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding his shame. He's taken the right hand, a seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Lay aside the things that hold us back. Step forward and run to Jesus. Step up in faith. And make our way to the presence and power of God. That's what happens when we step out in faith. The writer of Hebrews is urging us to act. And Jesus in Luke 12 is urging us to act as well. There's a commercial I've heard recently that would maybe describe to us just a little bit, how do we take the first step in doing this? How do we take the first step in nurturing our relationship with God? What does it mean to act in faith? And the commercial for this meditation application you can get for your phone says, why don't you take 10 minutes of your day to meditate and allow that to improve the other 99% of your day? Now, I was skeptical at first about the numbers of it all, but liking math in my head, I started to run through it, and 1% of 1,000 minutes is 10 minutes. And 1,000 minutes is 16 hours and 40 minutes, and most of us are awake for about 16 hours a day. Therefore, the commercial was right. 10 minutes is 1% of your day. 1%. The app wants you to take 10 minutes to bless the other 99% of your day. And I don't know if that's possible through transcendental meditation, but I do believe that if tending to your faith for 10 minutes a day is something you can do, I do believe that by faith God will work. By faith, I believe that when we begin to act and pay attention to the God who, who so desperately longs to be with us, when we begin to pray or read Scripture or take time to tend to our faith, when we're ready to begin to engage in a relationship with God, even with just ten minutes a day, by faith, I think we will see amazing things happen. We will see God at work in us. We will see how God is at work around us. We will see how God is at work through us. And I think there's no more exciting thing in faith than to see how God is at work. And I look forward again, again, I look forward every week, but I look forward to a church full of everybody who's tending to our relationships in faith, discerning how is God leading us. When we tend to our relationship with God in faith, God is ready to respond. I began today with the familiar story of someone who had trouble breathing. It happened to be my father-in-law in this case. He saw the signs. He knew it was time to act, and so he did. He asked his doctor. But spiritually, the thing is, we don't have catastrophic spiritual heart attacks, do we? But all of us might be subject to a spiritual crisis. And the way 
to be prepared for the difficulties that come. And the way to be prepared to embrace the good that God is doing is to strengthen our faith through fellowship and through, through nurturing our love for God. So it is time to act. We need to know more about God than the weather or the training camp of the Carolina Panthers. We need to know more about nurturing our faith than we do political punditry or Duke basketball recruiting. We need to truly watch for God and not just be spiritual when the beauty of the earth happens behind a cloud on a beautiful sunset that we post on Instagram or Facebook. Rather, we need to begin to nurture our faith deeply and powerfully. And when we do so, we'll begin to heal and prepare ourselves for the things that God has called us to. It is very simple. It sounds simple. It's obvious. It's practical. It might not be easy. But it is time to act. And so... You've seen the signs. May each of us look to God and look to our relationship with God so that we may, by faith, step out into the places He's leading more faithfully in the days ahead. Shall we pray? Gracious God, You promised to meet us when we reach to You. Just as the little children sought you, you opened your arms and received them. And so, Lord, like them today, we seek to follow and be faithful to you. Lord, help us to take the time we need to pay attention to our relationship with you. And Lord, in that, help us to see you at work around us and through us. Help us to understand your spirit and your presence well. Help us to understand and embrace the love you have for us. And when possible, help us to share that with others as well. And may we all do it by faith. It's time to act. Lord, help us to act in faith. It's in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord, that we pray today. Amen.